Welcome to The Real Deal, where God, His purposes, and His people are celebrated. I'm Rachel Inouye, bringing you encouragement through real life, people, and their stories. It's The Real Deal. Hey, let's get started. Okay, so we are back at it again. I'm here with my father who's joining me. I'm actually joining him in his home, and we are recording for The Real Deal. And, Dad, I knew that the stories are a deep well so we barely scratched this we barely scratched the surface and so i wanted to come tell some more stories or you tell more stories and talk about the real deal or being who you are but i may just interject now and then and ask for some of my favorites well you might want to do that because i worry about this what i have all these thoughts about and they're they're, they're so scattered it's just like almost like revealing more than enough, you know, because they're just little little things and they, they come to me and I just don't know. I just just say them. Well, you can say that too. I don't. There are people probably want what in the world is he confused? Does he? <laughs> no. He keeps changing the subject, or they just keep coming. So I I don't know. Well, you did tell me in a different podcast. You told me that you used to play a game where somebody would just call out a subject or oh, yeah. a word yeah. or anything yeah. and you would tell a story. Yeah. Well, when we were doing one of the podcast times, you'd be like, oh, and another story because yeah. one thing pings the next thing, you know, kind of like. Yeah, they call it hitchhike. There you go. You know, somebody comes up with a statement and then somebody else, oh, that reminds them of something. Uh-huh. Remember when we went out to that house with your friends and those kids sat around the table and put yep. their phones away. Yep. And they were so impressed because they'd never done that. Right. See that That's real conversation. I keep saying things are so different. For example, one of the biggest things for young people, young guys in around gas stations, is the guy running the gas station has more influence than anybody in town. Because mm. all those guys want to go in there and get their car up on the hoist to work on it or look at it or whatever. And they wait around for hours just to have a chance to get in there to do that. So while they're there sitting on a pop cooler and all, you know, yeah. those days are gone. There's no such thing anymore. Right. But that guy that run this gas station had more authority than anybody because everybody listened to him because they had to because they wanted to get in their right. car in. Right. Anyway, I have stories about cars. But you did that, right? You worked in those places. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, well, there's all kinds of stories about, like, there's, for example, there's a guy, two guys who worked in the hardware store. Okay. Now I don't know how old it was, but one of the guys, big tall guy, was a plumber, and they had a scale, and he says, "Now you guys, you should learn, you should be able to squeeze your own weight by taking this scale." Well, I only weighed 122 pounds, <laughs> so I could squeeze, I could squeeze 180 pounds. That's pretty good. With your hands? Yeah. On. Pulling on what? I'm sorry. A scale, like a bathroom scale. Oh, oh. In the hardware, they had a lot of waste stuff like that. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, he'd hold it like this up to 300 pounds, and he'd talk to us, and he'd talk to us, and I thought, holy <laughs> man, it's still on 300. And yeah. He'd, and he'd just go on and on and talk to us. Now, he was the same guy that led the choir in the church. Wow. And I thought, you know, boy, that guy, he's a big... He's a big, strong guy. Yeah. And he's always up front, and he's kind of a deep bass voice. <laughs> he was leading the choir. I thought, boy, he must be the real deal. There you go. You know? And another guy worked there named Monty, and he was kind of an inventor. As a matter of fact, I had an article about him. Uh, like, believe it or not, it used to be on the paper. That's okay. He invented tubeless tires. What? He had tires with no tubes in them. Is that way, the be- kind? way before anybody else did. Wow. And I thought, you know, these guys, I'm listen to these guys. That's right. They know, they know something. They know what see? they're talking about. But they're always in church. Mm. Those same two guys. And they give that creed every time. And they know it by heart. And I thought, wow, that's pretty good. So kids watch things like that, you know. Yeah. And I used to sit by a guy and he'd put his hand on his knee. And his hand would be so big. And I'd right. Say, and then I'd look at my hand and I'd look at his hand. And I'd say, wow. That guy, that. So I don't know what I don't know what. Well, I those mean. are impressions from when you were little, you know, and and you can remember them. Well, yeah, I don't know now what it has to do with a podcast or broadcast or whatever. <laughs> I'm I'm not too sure because it's just one story right after another. But the the 
influence comes from a lot of places. For example, my brother had a car, and all these young guys like mufflers to make a certain sound. Real okay. deep. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. They like that sound. Yeah. And he had the best one. And he would never tell anybody what it was. And everybody wanted to find out what kind of a muffler he had on his car because <laughs> they'd like to steal it. It's like a kept secret. Yeah, they'd like to. And he'd never tell anybody. I, I was the only one that knew. It was a tractor muffler. Oh. He put a H farm old tractor muffler on his car, and it was the most beautiful sound. It sounded like a motorboat, you know. And I thought, no, no, there's a secret. See, now you don't have to tell all these secrets. You don't have to tell anybody else. Just you just go along with it. Now there's something good. If you told the other guy, then you have to think of something new. So that's even better yet. Yeah, because it pushes you to yeah, continue to yeah, create. Yeah. If you want to be ahead of him, you have to think of something new. Okay. So we're walking down the street, and the banker pulls up. This is right after World War II. The banker pulls up in this big new Chrysler. And my brother says, what's this? And the banker says, that's my new car. And Roy says, well, you didn't ask me. Don't I ask you when I want to buy a car? You didn't, <laughs> you didn't check with me. Now, I thought that was really funny. Because he has to go talk to the banker about any yeah. loans or Don't anything? I always check with you before I buy a car? You didn't check with me at all. <laughs> I don't think the banker thought it was funny, but I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Anyway, cars have nothing to do with anything except young guys. That's a big deal. Nowadays, kids want to get their driver's license. They go through a test. They go through all this... There never was such a thing as driving tests and all that stuff. You, you just know? drove when you were yeah. ready or when you had the ability to get a car on, well, you know, or what? I don't know. When you're, it's just so different. It's hard to explain. My dad said, drive the truck. I said, I don't know how. Yeah, get in there, he'd say. Yeah. Well, I don't know what I'm doing. Then <laughs> <laughs> he'd yell, do something wrong. Do you remember when yeah. you were teaching me to drive the MG oh. midget stick shift? <laughs> Whiplash. <laughs> it had black. Now, what seat. these stories have anything to do with this broadcast? I, I don't know. Well, so I have stories about all. The, okay, when I went to Iowa State, I had an office on the third floor of this building, and I looked around, and the office is soundproof. There's tile on the walls and the ceiling, and everything had white soundproof. Yeah, yeah. Wow! And I thought you could do podcasts in there easily. Yeah, is this a secret deal or whatever? So I asked somebody, what's, what's with this? So oh, they used to broadcast from here. There was a woman called Martha Duncan. That really wasn't her name. Her name was Wilkinson. But anyway, she went by the name of Martha Duncan. Yeah, kind of her. And she broadcast these uh, recipes and all that stuff from this. Interesting. That was my office. Well, I bet it was kind of quiet. Oh, gosh, it was quiet. You bet. Well, anyway, it was, I thought, well, okay, whatever. <laughs> Maybe they thought you were going to pray in there. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. well, Keep it quiet for him. That, that would be all right, too. Anyway, like I say, now, okay, so that, that thought comes to me. Now, that has nothing to do with anything, except we, we could be in a room that's soundproof. Right. It would be a lot easier. Right, right. It would be a lot easier. Right. Okay, now, there's stories about, I went with a professor called the Professor and Student, and we went to the TV station, and <laughs> we they're going to broadcast, and he, he'd been drinking. And we got in there, and this, like the soundproof thing. Yeah, yeah. And this woman, who became Secretary of Treasury later on, but anyway, he, she'd ask him a question, and he would kind of doze off, so she'd put the mic in my face, and i have to say something. <laughs> and then she'd hold, put the mic in his face, and he'd just kind of doze off, so she'd give it back to me, so the whole thing was reversed. He was 62, and I was 26. And I thought, "Wow, here, I, I'm going doing all this TV talking. TV talking, this guy. Was it actually broadcast video, television, or audio? Yes. No, it was going out. Oh. It was on radio. K oh, radio. K radio. KRNT radio. Okay, okay. It was at the television station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> same guy didn't drive. So one day I was going to give him a ride on the campus. And I couldn't remember where I parked my car. We went to this parking lot, and my car wasn't there. Hmm. So I always parked in the same place. Yeah. Went to another parking lot, and my car wasn't there. <laughs> and I don't know why, but he says, you ever heard of the absent-minded professor? <laughs> <laughs> he, he, That's 
I finally found the car, but I don't know what that was all about. Anyway, same uh, same parking place. I pulled up one day and it was raining like crazy. And I thought, oh man, I don't want to get out in the rain, but I'm supposed to go to painting class. And I stood there and I looked out and I run the windshield wipers now and then because it clear that cleared and it was a brick building in front of me and it was just just clear and nice and yeah yeah and I thought boy that'd be a good picture so when I got to the painting studio finally I went in there and I took a, a canvas and I I taped it like with masking tape like the shape of the windshield wipers on the, on the windshield yeah and then I I put the paint over across the top of the of the uh, canvas and all the paint ran down and then after it dried I took the tape off and then I painted this clear picture oh. of the building and it just that came out really really nice nice like the, like the windshield wiper it cleared the rain right come with me he says so we go down to his studio where he painted yeah we go down to his studio and he has a, a kind of like a room room off to the side and in his studio he had a big overstuffed uh, chair. Oh, it's just a, just the ugliest looking thing. Just like oh, I don't know, like cotton or kapok or something coming out of it. Just, just looked awful. And he says, "Sit." And so I sat in this chair. And he goes in the other room. And he comes out with a painting, just like mine. The only difference was the windshield wipers used to be at the top. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Nineteen twenty-one. He, he paint, had painted the same. He had painted thing. the same thing in nineteen twenty-one. Wow. Well, it was up, up this way instead of this way. Right, right. Arts come from the bottom of the windshield. Yeah, go up. It used to be up, they used to be at the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then he wanted to show me. He knew more than I did, I guess, because... <laughs> come with me. 1921, he painted this wow. picture. I thought it was so clever. I thought, oh, my whole world just went like a big bubble right. burst because I thought it was so clever. Anyway, I, you have to give the guy credit because, you know, well, he's old. <laughs> he's older. So when older people, they have things that, you know, they know about because... Other people don't know. They couldn't know. There's no way in the world they would know. Yeah, I used to try to tell kids or even my own children that there is a wisdom that is held because of years. Now, not everybody gets wiser with years, but you also know that there is an honor to the aged because well, the they've so. collected that. They've collected more experiences than you have when you're okay. younger. Okay, here. Okay, so we're talking about mufflers, though. Okay. Yeah, we'll we're go back, back to mufflers. Back yeah, to that's muffler good. story. We're walking down the street. During the war, it's hard to find things. You just can't buy them because they don't have them. So we go into this auto parts store, and Roy says, or not Roy, but some guy came in and he said, how much are your mufflers? And the guy behind the counter says, $11. And the guy says, well, I can buy them down the street for $8. He says, well, why don't you buy them down the street? And the guy says, they're out. And the guy behind the counter says, when I'm out, I give them away. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, I thought, now that's probably 1943 or something. He said, when I'm out, I give them away. And I thought, boy, that is, that's a clever line. That is. You can't sell empty shelves. You, you, you can't That sell. story is so unique. I'm telling you, there's not another person in the world who would ever know or care about that dumb story. But the story's good because it's so real. It is real. It's just absolutely real. It is real. Anyway, this so the stories, if they're real or they're unreal. Okay, now sometimes they're unreal. For example, I think I was maybe 10 years old. I'm sitting in the front yard on the farm. And it's, you know, it's pretty, you, you know, the farm had that big front yard. Yeah, and yeah. Grass area. Yeah. And I'm sitting there and it's just hotter and I'll get out. And I, I, people laugh at me because I don't wear shorts. Well, I was wearing shorts, brown shorts, like as a little little, kid. little skinny white legs, and I'm sitting there in the <laughs> front yard in the hot, hot, hot. Anyway, I was sitting there, and I thought, hmm, wouldn't it be something if you could meet Jesus? I was just wow. That's I just thought I could take you to the spot. I could to take you to that very spot and show you where I was sitting. Right, and every time I go by there, I say, you think of it. Yeah. Now I don't know what that had to do with anything. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know that that's not real. When you said it's unreal, it's almost more surreal. not natural, but surreal. supernatural. Yeah, surreal. Surreal, yeah. Now, those things happen, you know, over and over. For example, I'm walking down the street, not in Amarillo, Texas. I'm not, <laughs> not those other podcasts. When I'm at East Des Moines, I was going to art school. 
and I didn't have a car, and I was just walking down the street, and it was Tuesday night, I remember, Tuesday night, and here came a car, a 1948 Chevrolet Fleetline, two-tone blue, when it had a sun visor, and it had spotlights, and it had yeah. mud flaps, and all this stuff. Yeah. And this guy says, you want to go to church? And I thought, hmm, it's Tuesday night. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So I said, oh, well, I guess. So I got in his car, and we went to, it wasn't a really a, it had been a storefront church, but then they moved across the street to a big house. So now it was in a big house. The yeah. church was in a big house. Yeah. And we went in there, and I thought, this is kind of weird, you know. I'm, I don't know. And these people were singing, and there, were, yeah. there was a woman playing the piano, and she had a little little mirror thing on her glasses so she could see. Oh, interesting. See how... She like a spy there. looking backward, like a, her own rear a, view mirror? It was a Pentecostal church. It was a, it was a open... It was called a Bethel yeah. Tabernacle. So anyway... That they were singing, they're swinging, and they're swaying, and all this stuff. I thought, wow, this is weird. I'm not used to this. Kind yeah. Of, I'm not used to this kind of stuff. So anyway, I did go down to that altar that time. Did you? Yeah, they had like yeah. a call for it, kind yeah, of. Oh like? yeah. Oh no. gosh, yes. Every time. Anyway, I went down, and nothing really happened. Like later on. Yeah. Like later on. But anyway, so that is an isolated thing. It has nothing to do with anything, except. I was walking around a little town in Canyon, Texas, one Sunday night, and there was a like a thing coming up out of the ground, like a stairway coming up out of the ground, and they were going to build a church. There was no church yet; it was just a basement. So they had this stairway going down into this basement, and and I I was all alone, so I walked on, and there here they were singing, and they were. Wow. And I thought, now how where in the world would I be all by myself on a Sunday night in Canyon, Texas? And I went in there, and those people, they looked like they were having fun, and they yeah, were yeah. swinging and swaying and laughing. I thought, you know, my world is very different. Right. My world is different than anybody I know. Yeah. Now, I was hitchhiking in West Texas, and a guy picked me up in a Mercury. And I remember it was late at night. Why I was out there by myself, I do not know. Well, if you were hitchhiking, you needed to go somewhere. Yeah, well, I was evidently stymied out there somewhere. So a guy picked me up. Now, he'd been drinking. And this Mercury had a, a speedometer. It was like a red ribbon that went across. Instead of a hand, it was like a red oh, ribbon. Okay. And he went 100 miles an hour. going down this road 100 <laughs> miles an hour. And he had on boots, nice boots. He said, you like boots? I said, yeah, I kind of like boots. He said, oh, these are just, these are everyday working boots. They're nothing special. He said, you like boots? I said, yeah. Well, he says, you want to see a boot factory? I thought, well, I don't know. Yeah. It's about midnight. <laughs> so we went to Henrietta, Texas. And he pulled up in the alley. Now I'm starting to get worried because I don't I don't know you this don't know guy. what's gonna happen. I or... don't know this guy. And we pull up in the alley and there's a great big iron bar across this doorway and a big padlock. And he gets out and he opens this padlock and puts this bar off to the side and opened the door and we went in and they had I think it was eight tables where they made handmade boots. Wow. And each person made boots around here, and they had all the way around had black and white photographs of all the people they'd made boots for. Yes. But, oh, like uh, who Who then were their customers that were wearing them? Well, Gene Autry and Roy oh, Rogers wow. and yeah, John Wayne. All these, they had pictures of all these people they'd made boots for. Henrietta, Texas. It was some guy from Denmark, I think, started it. Anyway, I was watching television, I think a year ago. Guess what? Same thing on television. Showed that boot factory exactly those tables. I saw it. I wow! Thought, kind of like this, a documentary isn't, talking yeah, about isn't it. Isn't this weird? Wow! Like 30, 40 years later, yeah. And I was there, and the guy wanted to know if I would draw a spread eagle. He said, "If you make a spread eagle drawing for me to put on a boot, I'll sell you a pair of boots for a thousand dollars." I thought. <laughs> Good luck. That chance, thousand dollars. I suppose they cost a lot. Oh, a I don't lot. Know. Yeah. Anyway, he he went. I told him I'm in the Air Force. I you know I have to go back to the base. I get I I can't. Right. You know I don't remember how I got back to that base. Really. I do not remember. I don't remember. I don't think he took me back. I don't know. I don't know. No, I say these things are so isolated and they're weird. <laughs> went to see my sister Virginia. I said Virginia, tell me. Did we go see Oral Roberts in the tent meeting? She said, yes. I said, okay, because I thought maybe this is so unreal. I don't know if it's real or unreal, 
But Oral Roberts was up there and had a crew cut black hair. Yeah. And he was walking back, back like this, back and forth across yeah. that platform. I said, well, were you there? Yeah, we were there. I said, I think like 1949 maybe. Okay. I should check and see if he was in Des Moines. So like you were what, 18 or something like that, right? Well, I don't know, but I should check and make sure he was there in Des Moines. Because I said, Roy, let me ask you a question. Did we have a escapade on a motorcycle one time? He said, yes. I said, well, I thought so, but I, I thought maybe it was a dream. <laughs> he wanted to buy a motorcycle from some guy. And we're going to take it for a ride. And we're going down Highway 169, and we're going about 65 miles an hour, and it started shaking. It just, it just yeah. started shaking. And it got worse, and it got worse. And we went off the highway, and we slid. Oh, it fell over, and we slid, I'll bet you, 100 yards. Oh, no. I remember my jeans were absolutely packed with mud and grass. Oh. No. I thought, boy, that could have been a dangerous thing. And I remember that motorcycle was heavy and it was hot. Yeah. And, and all I said, was that really? Oh yeah. I said, <laughs> Bob was it John a nightmare or was it my I dream? I think he said Bob Johnson wanted to sell me that motorcycle. I thought, well, I I thought maybe it was a dream because it was yeah. so unreal. Yeah. So okay. Now these stories are just so isolated. You say, what's what's the plan? What's the plan? Well, they may have a thread, or yeah, yeah. Tell me, tell me what, tell me what it means. Yeah, you know, where are you going with this? Where, where are you going with this, Richard? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Joyce, bring it home, Richie. <laughs> yeah, that's what my sister said once. <laughs> anyway, those isolated thoughts, you know, just I'm riding down the road with my dad, and we had this old truck and had a wooden steering wheel, and he's tapping on this steering wheel. Doo dee doo dee doo. And I thought, what's with this doo dee doo dee doo? So we got to the got to the town driveway where the sign says, you know, town. And he said, well, I suppose we better go to the bank. And I thought, okay. So we go and he pulls in front of the bank and we go into the bank. And he says to the banker, I bought a carload of cattle, he says. And the banker says, oh, oh, we better go in the back room. <laughs> we better go in the back room. He was saying, too dee doo dee doo because he spent the money that he didn't have. Okay. He spent it, he wrote a check for a whole bunch of money to buy his cattle. Yeah. And he didn't check with me. He didn't I always check with you. Yeah, the banker. <laughs> so he, so he might go, have been a little We better nervous. go in the back room. <laughs> so this, this banker always had a cigar in his mouth, and he'd chew half of it. And boy, he took that cigar out and he spit and that spit too. I think he was saying, you know, a carload of cattle, that's a lot of cattle and a lot of money. So now I What does a carload mean? Huh? Not not going the car. What's a carload? Boxcar. A boxcar. Got it, got it. A like a whole car. train car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it, got it. Be like forty of them or something. Yeah, yeah. That, okay. that, that's what, what, that shows what I know, but okay. Anyway, I was telling Bo this story. He said, well, that happened out you. You spend the money before you ask the banker off. <laughs> but that, back then, that you know. Yeah. So anyway. He might have been a little nervous. Tootie doo. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh, yes. Well, <laughs> you're going to, you know, you, you got to tell him before it happens. You yeah. Because somewhere, somewhere along the line, I don't know when it changed, but both says, oh, nowadays, they, they don't pay attention. Yeah, yeah. Bo signs his name with a wavy line. <laughs> That's it. Looked like a wavy line. That's it. I'm telling. You, I watched him. And he, Bo's little. I told you the story. It's my nephew at the Lutheran church. Yeah. And when Bo was little, he used to keep his money in a sock, really in a sock. You yeah. know, people took sock and like away. a tube sock. Yeah, he had a re he really had a sock, and he had his money in that. So we're in church, and he's off in the plate comes by, and Bo says, "Ooh, hard cash." <laughs> <laughs> when the plate came by. Yeah. Hard cash. Hard cash. Yeah, that's good. And I don't know. My favorite story about Bo, though, is just, oh, I don't know how Bo. He looked over those glasses. Yeah, he had to wear glasses. Well, he still always wears glasses, yeah. but tiny little kid. He drew a them. picture of this tractor. And this tractor had all the parts and all the stuff. He yeah. just loved tractors. So he has all these parts. Grandpa, don't you know anything? He says. This is a four-wheel drive, power-assisted, articulating. <laughs> he knew what he was doing. Yeah. Well, you used to say you draw what you see, you or draw what, what you, know. you know, or what you feel. Yeah. What you see is visual, yeah. what you know is analytical, and what you feel is expressive. Is that correct? 
Well, emotional or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. But so, he knew it. That's why he put all the parts on it. He I, knew I exactly suppose. what parts I go suppose. here. And wait, he's a little farmer. You, don't you know anything? Don't you know anything? <laughs> yeah. Let's pause a second. If you are enjoying The Real Deal with Rachel Inouye, subscribe, rate, and review it. I appreciate your support. All right. Back to The Real Deal. Yeah. I put a black mark on the calendar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell the story about the black mark. You used oh, to tell used, the kids or I, us, I used grandkids? To, if they did something wrong, I'd tell them I was going to put a black mark on the calendar. Eric believed it. When he got married, he says, Grandpa, you know, when you said you are going to put a black mark on the calendar, I thought it was real. Oh, gosh. He's 26 or something. <laughs> he says, I thought you were real. I said, no, I was just a kind of a joke. So, last summer, I think it was last summer, Bo, uh, Seth was going to come and mow the lawn. Another one of his grandchildren. Yep. Yeah. So I tuned up the mower and I filled it with gas and oiled the wheels and shined it all up and got it ready to go. And I accidentally, I evidently forgot to tighten one of the wheels with nothing. Anyway, he went about 20 feet in the front yard and the wheel fell off. <laughs> oh, Grandpa gets a black mark today. <laughs> black mark on the calendar. <laughs> Grandpa gets a black mark on the calendar today. <laughs> but think of all the things you did. You oiled it, you washed it, you shined oh, it, yeah. up, you got it. You know, that's the one thing you missed, but oh well. Besides that, I picked it up on the curb. Yeah, you're good nice at that. Nice more. Hey, you've picked up a lot of things oh, on the curbs. Yeah. Well, Think of all the things. We went dumpster diving down the street one day. We got all, we got lamps, we got. Remember all those videos? Yeah, I you got a bunch 200 of, of Yeah. We gave them away. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay, so these random thoughts. Random. Yeah. Real tell, though. Tell me there's some pattern to this myth. <laughs> well, they're memories collected of a life well lived. Well, one thing reminds you of another thing. Okay. I was in <laughs> See like one just happened. There we go. Here. <laughs> Methodist church on a Sunday night. And there was a girl named Roberta. And Roberta evidently just got a driver's license or whatever. So she says, You want to go for a ride? So we went for a ride to the little town of Gary, and it was a 1936 DeSoto car. Mm. And it had a great big uh, speedometer. Oh, speedometer. And a great big round speedometer like this. Yeah. And it had an overdrive, and when she got going a certain speed, she pushed in this lever, and then the, it shifted somehow, and the speedometer dropped down so the motor wouldn't run as fast as, as right, normal. Right, right. Just like your shifting gears. Okay, so I went for a ride with Roberta in a 1936 Soto. Okay, I, I don't know what that means, but I find a speedometer. Mm. It wasn't like this one, but it's close. Yeah. And <laughs> we're milking cows and separating cream, and we had a cream separator. And we used to start it, and it had a motor on it. Okay. And I used to hold this speedometer on that motor, and it goes 65. It just shows 65 miles an hour, sort of. And I was holding it, and I slipped, and my finger went through the belt. Oh. It just, just oh. See, it, see the little line? See it right there? Oh, yes, I and do. And I couldn't get my finger on that belt. Oh, so my I gosh. Put, and I could see the bones. I never did go to the doctor, by the way. Oh, it just took the flesh right off? Yeah. Oh my goodness! It was it wasn't bad. How old were you? Do you think? Yeah, I, I do see it. I don't know. Maybe. I don't think I ever knew that story. Yeah. Well, look at the fingernail. Yep, trauma. And my dad says, "What the heck? What the heck you done now?" And it was bleeding and whatever. So he takes the speedometer. He goes out by the barn and he says, "You and that darn speeder meter." <laughs> speeder meter. And he throws it through. It just disappeared like a, a speck. Way the, up into the sky. Uh, yeah. Just. <laughs> Hundreds of yards away, and I thought, "Oh, my favorite speeder meter." <laughs> guess what? Thirty, forty years later, Roy says, "Guess what I found?" No, yep. in the field. He found that speeder meter out in the grove. He says, "Look here, I'll show." I thought he had it up on the shelf in his garage. <laughs> Well, it's kind of like archaeologists. They go and they dig through these things. They find things or okay. paleontologists. So, what do these stories have to do with anything? Well, what do they have to do with anything? I don't know. Well, they, I think here's what good. they have to do. They are real because you couldn't repeat them. That's Nobody right. can repeat them. That's right. Nobody can repeat them because they don't know. They don't even care. But they, they couldn't. It's just impossible. Yeah. It's just impossible for them to do that. Well, it's really why we should, should pay, attention. pay attention at all times. You always say, no matter who we're gathering with, 
you'll say, but this exact gathering will never happen again. Yeah. Because you're at a different place. Even if the same people came, you're at a different place emotionally, yeah. mentally. Yeah. You've learned different things. You you can't recreate certain things. This so you story should just has be nothing aware. to do with speedometers, but I have an uncle, Bill. And Bill had 10 children. He came. He was born in Sweden, and he came with my grandma here when he was one year old, and she was 15. Wow. See? Yeah. So she would have had him and when she was 14. He says, 14. oh, you're my favorite nephew. He'd oh. tell me. I thought, well, I think because he'd come to the farm, and we'd go out hunting, and I'd go out hunting with him. They, they couldn't hit him. They, oh, they were just ridiculous. <laughs> so I'd shoot the pheasants for them. They were just pathetic. Anyway. So one day he says, boy, you're my favorite. I tell you what, I think I'll kidnap you and take you home with me. Oh. And I heard that word and it, I got so scared that I ran away from the farm and I went down the road about a half a mile and I crawled into this culvert, culvert in the road. And it got dark and oh, it got gosh. dark and it got dark. And I said, I'm not going until his car leaves. Right, because you don't want him to take you. Yeah, I said, I'm not going to come out of here until that car leaves. It's 1936 Chevrolet. Yeah, yeah. When it goes over this culvert and I know he's gone, then I'm, I'll come out. So finally, he leaves. It's, it's pretty late. Yeah. And I, you know, I felt the car go over. Yeah, yeah. But before that, guess what? A fox came into the, a fox came into the. The hole of culvert. the culvert. Oh, yeah, on the other end. And I don't know if he smelled me or whatever, but boy, he threw dirt all over me when he turned around and went oh, out. Oh, yeah. It was a big culvert. Threw dirt all over me on the way out. So now I go home. And they're all panicky. What, where in the heck have you been? Right, they couldn't find you. Uh, yeah, I suppose it's like eight or nine o'clock at night. Yeah. And they're, you know, I've been there for hours. What's the matter with you? I said, well, Bill said he's going to kidnap me and take me home. Oh, he's just kidding. I said, no, he's, I, and they were so mad. That yeah. Been, they're all out looking for me. Yeah. But I heard that word because of Lindbergh. The oh. papers were filled with stories about Charles Lindbergh. And that kidnapping, that the papers were filled with that yep. story. You know? So that attached that memory oh, to you then. Yeah. Yep. I thought, oh man, what yeah. So anyway, now you think that's the end of the story. No sir, <laughs> sir. Okay. So when I was a kid, you know out there on the tables of that fancy doorknob. Yes. That yes. grandma Bergstrom doorknob. Yep. So I'm about this high and I used to look at that doorknob and said, Man, that is the neatest doorknob. Well, you were uh, about eye level with yeah, it. I, yeah, I'd walk through there and I'd see that. I said, man, that's a nice doorknob. I love that doorknob. Just the, so finally, the grandmas and what they call old age pension, you know, they they give you money and then when she died, they take the, they just take the house. Oh. Like a day or two later, they just come and demolish the house, you know. Okay. They, they just take it. So I thought, well, whatever. Probably 30 years later, guess what? Bill called me. He said, I heard you like that doorknob. Is Bill the one? Bill's the monocle that was going to kidnap Yeah, okay, got it. He said, I got something for you. And he lived only a couple blocks from us in Des Moines. Okay. So I went over to his place and he says, I heard you like this doorknob. Well, here, I bought it for you. So he gave me that doorknob. Yeah. That very doorknob. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah, that's neat. Well, it's a desire of your heart. You always liked it and you got it in the end. Well, I wasn't afraid of him anymore. That's exactly he, right. Because now he's old. Right. Well, along with the fact that you grew up and figured out he was kind of kidding because he really did like you, but <laughs> that would be frightening. Yeah. That would be frightening. Well, it was. Well, yeah. Like, okay, these stories 30 years later, something happens, you know what? I don't know. Yeah. Somewhere. What, what other ones, Um, like the barn, something about Peggy Ann, or you guys would play up in the barn, or you did everything. You just played outside, like you said in one other podcast, you just were told to play outside all day. I used to have, one of the jobs was to go out and bring the cows home. Okay, no, from a different field or? No, they're out in the pastures. Okay, you just get them a mile in. away. Okay. And there was a drainage ditch that went through it, so I'd have to go, I'd climb up on the barn to see which side of the ditch they're on because I'd have to ride the pony on one side or the other to bring them. If they're on the, this side, no problem. But if on the other side, I have to go get them and chase them across the ditch and, yeah, then, yeah. and then ride around and pick them up the other side. So anyway, I'm, I go through this every day. That's, I have to do this every day, every day, four o'clock, whatever. So anyway, I'm up on the barn. So we'll see where the cows are, and I don't remember what happened, but I slept. And there was moss on this on these shingles, or uh, cedar shingles, but you had moss on them. And I Slippery. Will, yeah, and I will never forget 
click, 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 click. <laughs> my toes on my shoes were going over the shingles, and then it was silenced for a little bit, and then I hit the ground. Oh, my. My feet burned like fire. Man. <laughs> oh, they burned. Anyway, and I was, my fingernails were yeah. clawing into that wood. Click, 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 click. Boom. <laughs> They show that on movies, and of course, at the last minute they catch, but oh, you went straight down. I went off the rough. Okay, now another time I go out there in the same deal, I ride around, and there's a Hereford cow and a calf. I mean, a newborn calf. Oh, help me! I still have cord, umbilical cord hanging there. Yep, and that calf swam across that creek. Really, it was probably. 15, 20 foot deep, you know, it was what? Yeah. Great big. And that little baby calf, brand new, swam across that thing. Wow. With the mother in front. Right. I thought, isn't that something? Yeah, that is that, something. I bet that calf wasn't more than an hour, hour old. old. Yeah. I thought, wow, you know, I, I see some of these things. <laughs> I'm telling you, <laughs> I don't know how many people have ever seen that. But no. one day I was out there, and I, I used to trap a lot along this thing, and I saw a mother possum. Mm. And she had 11 little possums on her back and had her tail up like this and had their tails wrapped around her tail and she was waddling along. Is that maybe why they have that long tail? I don't know. But they're all, and I thought, isn't that something? Wow. Look at that. How many people have ever seen a possum? Carrying out, 11 out, babies. Out, yeah. Okay. So somewhere along the line, it's, it's you, you can't repeat it because it's impossible. Quail hunting down in southern Iowa, and it started snowing. Great big snowflakes, man! They're just—they're coming straight down, yes. just straight down. And I looked down, and it looked like a great big brown wreath. It was a covey of quail in a circle, wow. and they all face outwards. So when they get scared, they all take off in okay. different directions. And I looked down in the snow, and here's this great big brown thing. I didn't disturb. I just watched them for a while, and I walked away. Beautiful. I didn't scare them. You know, no. I thought. Isn't that something? Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what. Well, it's observing. Well. Noticing. I don't it's know beautiful. you'd be in the right place at the right time to see that, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a big deal, really, I think. It's, it's, uh, I don't know how many people, I suppose, I, I saw a picture of it once, so some people had to see it, you know. Right, right. But it looked just like a brown pine cone. Wreath. Wreath, but it was. Birds. I have that pine cone wreath. That's why I like that wreath. It reminds me nice. of that quail. Yeah. What that has to do with churches? Well, I don't know. Gather together. Yeah, I don't know. Scatter if you need to. Warn the others. Some stories. That's so good. Okay, let me see if I can think of. How about? Can you tell me about the student teacher? That's still one of my favorites. Elsa. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you think you. Want to? I mean, it's just funny. Just because Elsa you... was probably six feet one or something. Anyway, she was your she student was, teacher. Her name was Ilsa Indus, and they sent her to where I was at the junior college. She's supposed to do her student teaching. Okay. And they sent her there because she was from Sweden, and I don't know all that much Swedish. I know a little, but. Anyway, they sent her there because she had language problems. Okay. You know? She wasn't really Swedish. She was, uh, uh, her family left, uh, I can't remember what the country was now. It was, uh, I don't know. Anyway, they escaped on a little boat to Sweden. Wow. And her, her mother and her dad were both doctors. Okay. So, Ilsa Indus. And <laughs> she said, I said, Ilsa, you have to do some of these things because they're going to come and visit and you have to be teaching. You can't right, just right. be observing. You have to be teaching. Can you handle this? I want to see a movie of the Ford Mustang. They're coming out with the Ford Mustang, and I ordered this film of how it was designed. Right, to Le show your Le students. Leah Coca and the whole. It was a really a nice film. So anyway, can you take him to the film room? Yes, I can do it, she says. <laughs> so pretty soon I went down the so-called teacher's lounge was behind the furnace. Yeah. He had a coffee pot behind the furnace. Right. And so Elsa makes a big appearance at the door. Mr. Hagen, come and see. <laughs> so I said, what happened? Come and see. You will see. And we went in there, and they had a brand new 
electric uh, electric screen, and he had a thing where you just press the button. And the remote comes, screen comes would come well, down. Well, she doesn't know this, I guess. I don't know. Right. So she pulled on the screen. Oh tore, gosh. Tore it right in half. Oh my. Brand gosh. new one. Tore it right in half. Really expensive. So I said, Mr. Wolf, he's the principal. I said, Mr. Wolf, <laughs> I got to show you. <laughs> he says, What? I says, Come and see. <laughs> So we went in there, and he, he just looked like somebody hit him with a ball bat or something. I said, well, Ilsa, I don't know, she guessed she didn't know, and she just, well, well I Well, she probably just yanked on it I manually. Guess, I don't know. Anyway, the, the film projectors were running. There's 50 yards of film on the floor. Because it the, was the real, the, the real. The bell rings, okay. and the kids go out, and they trample this. They trying to got I gotta re put this back on a real hand, send it back to Ford Motor Company. But it would have been all crinkled, right? Oh yeah, I don't know what they thought. They didn't. They didn't, maybe they have lots of them. I don't know. But I thought, oh shit. And there's a kid named Bill supposed to run the projector. He was so shook up. It <laughs> was just going on the floor. Oh, okay. Now that's just one story. Well, that is it, she says. I'm going to Ames. <laughs> I said, like she's no, quitting? I, yeah, she said, I said, no, you can't. They're, they're coming to visit. You have to be here. So anyway, <laughs> she comes to Ames. And that night, they pull up in front of our house, and her friends from Ames bring her back. <laughs> they bring her back at night. And they came to our house, and she okay. says, well, we brought Ilsa back to you. So, because it was her people from whatever that country was, Ukraine or somewhere. I don't know. Anyway, did she actually stay with you too when she was the student no, teacher? No, no. Oh, okay. I don't remember where she lived. Okay. But anyway, so now I said, Elsa, we're supposed to decorate a, a float for homecoming. Okay. We're supposed to decorate this float. I said, upstairs there's there's chicken wire and all that stuff. We need to take out to the fairground because we're going to do this float that's out there and we have to have For the big this, parade. all this stuff ready to go. So next thing I know, there's Mr. Hagen. <laughs> and she went up to the stairs and she stepped out over the, like the ceiling is like... A, uh, like in the rafters? The the, whatever you call it, sheetrock. Okay. And she stepped, instead of on the two by four, she stepped oh, between them yeah. and she fell yeah. and her legs were hanging through this <laughs> That's right, that's right. ceiling. And I went up there up the stairs and... I, 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 boy, she's hard to lift. Oh, so man. you can just see her legs dangling. Yeah. <laughs> so I went pulled out. Well, that is it, she said. Now I am going to Ames. I, I'll bet her hips were sore because she got lodged between those two. Oh, before. thankfully. Otherwise, otherwise she, she'd have gone through. Yeah, she would have fallen to her peril. Oh, anyway, I thought, you know, <laughs> it's hard to look cool. <laughs> when, when your lower section is sticking and, down. Oh, boy. And I think she got married, and I think she married a doctor and lived in Seattle the last I knew. Wow. But her mother was a doctor in her home country, and then she was a doctor in Sweden, and then she was a doctor here in this country. Wow. So she's passed wow. medical thing three times. Wow. So anyway, that's the story about Ilsa. Yeah, <laughs> what a deal. What a deal. Yeah. That's so good. All right, let me ask you one last question. Do you have a song that you have as your favorite? You oh. used to play so much music, either singing it or guitar or <laughs> hymns or well, the, oh, the one from France or you used to. What, well, you, I mean, favorite's I, too I, hard. I, I think the one, I, I don't remember, his name was Red Something Brother. It wasn't Red Sylvine, but Red Something Brother. And I went to, well, I used to try to learn to play the guitar, and I could never find anybody that knew. You know, so learn a few chords from here and there. But nowadays, you know, everybody they have, you can see on the YouTube iPad or, or you, whatever. You yeah, can, whatever. But it was just I used to try and listen to the radio and try to figure out what they were doing. You yeah, because you play everything but by ear. Anyway, my thought, I bought my first guitar for ten dollars and fifty cents, brand new, wow. Stella guitar. And I went to the state fair and there was a tent, a guy, a country music guy, and they're singing. I bought my guitar about a year ago when the man said to learn it in a week or so. And he gave me a book and a couple of picks and he said, there it all fixes it, dirty dog. <laughs> Cost me four ninety five too. Every cent of money, money I had. Cotton, cotton picking money, money too. I, I, 
For weeks and weeks, I played hard trying to learn those few main chords. The book says easy as ABC, but oh, my fingers is killing me. They got sore <laughs> right on the ends, and I couldn't press the strings down. <laughs> but I played all night, and I played all day, and I see Ma's hair was a turning gray. She's... <laughs> she says, I don't think she can even remember that. So my... My sister took it a different way. She said, you may turn your ma's hair gray and drive your sister away from home, but it, buddy, either you or I is going to Rome and I ain't leaving. You figure <laughs> so it out. You figure it out. So the next day I closed, next day when my clothes was packed, I slung that guitar across my back. I caught myself a long freight train looking for my share of fame. I ain't found none. Hardships, heartaches, and, and hand handouts. And I thought, that's the best guitar song because my fingers were so Oh, sore. it hurts like oh, the dickens. Still Until hurt. you get calluses, it's yeah. just like... And I thought, boy, that guy knows. He, he's Whoever wrote that song knows what a guitar player is. That's good. Yeah, that's well, good. Read something. You really are good at reciting things too. Well, you know the Gettysburg Address. You know poem. <laughs> what was that poem you had to? Used to kill birds in my boyhood. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know it all? I think so. What's it? What's the title? I really don't know. All right, say it for us. The poem. I used to kill birds in my boyhood. Bluebirds, robins, and wrens. I hunted them up in the mountains. I hunted them down in the glens. I never thought it was sinful. I did it only for fun. I had rare sport in the forest with the poor little birds in my gun. One beautiful day in the springtime, I spied a brown bird in a tree, rarely singing and chirping, as happy as a bird could be. I raised my gun in a quickling. I fired. My aim was too true. For a moment, the little thing fluttered, then off to the bushes it flew. I followed it swiftly and caught. I followed swiftly and, and there, to my sorrow, I found, right close to its nest of young ones, the boar were dead on the ground. The young birds for food they were calling, but now they could never be fed, for the kind mother bird who had fed them was lying there bleeding and dead. So I made a great vow in that moment on the call of the young ones, and I heard that never again in my lifetime would I shoot a poor innocent bird. Wow. Now, I read that when I was in high school, and it's been there ever since. Like a photographic memory. Yeah, I don't know. There's another one. I got up out of my seat in high school says there was a uh, yeah, story about the old Civil War I guess what some one of the class was old men of the south sitting down amidst their ruins reminds me of the Spanish Hidalgos sitting on the porches of the Alhambra looking out to sea for the return of the lost armada now there's pathos but no derision in this picture for me for these men were the fathers of our country the forefathers and I, I just read that. And wow. Isn't that something? That is something. But it was after the Civil War, old guys yeah. looking at the destruction. Yeah. A woman said to Robert E. Lee, the oak tree in front of the house, it was bombed and just shattered the tree. And she was so upset basically. on this plantation yeah. because the big oak tree had been hit by bombs. And she said to Robert E. Lee, what should I do? He says, cut it down. Mm. Cut it down. Get over it. Because mm. you, every time you see that wounded tree, you'll think about that. So just mm. cut it mm. down. Mm. Mm. His horse was named Traveler. There's some nickel knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> I had a Tennessee walking horse named Traveler. Traveler. Yeah. Traveler? I'm, I like, I like, I take those uh, IQ tests, those video games, or I mean, trivia yeah, yeah. tests. Yeah, trivia test. Oh yeah. Yeah, an IQ test. Yeah, All day long, I sit there. And... <laughs> well, it's good you got a sharp mind. Oh, I... You oh. sure have a sharp mind, Dad. Sharp as a bowl of oatmeal. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Oh, I think oh, we. Another story. Yeah, tell me this other kid story. In the, kid in the Air Force. He's one of his buddies. I'll know who it was. He said, "If brains were electricity, you wouldn't have enough to start the dynamo in a lightning bug." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who he's talking about. He was mad at somebody. If brains were electricity, you wouldn't have enough to start the dynamo in a lightning bug. <laughs> and his name was Skunky. He had black hair and one stripe of white right through it. Yeah. They call him Skunky. Yeah. From Tennessee. From Tennessee. All right. All right. Well, that's so good. I'm so glad you did this, Dad. It's funny. And you know what? 
whether it means something or not, it is amazing because stories are something everybody relates to. I mean, Jesus, Jesus told stories. Jesus is a storyteller. I know. And when I get off the stage and I've spoken, I think sometimes the enemy says, all you do is tell stories. And people tell me they remember all of them. You know? So I but, believe Jesus did it for a well, reason. Remember, We're drawn in by a story. Remember in elementary school, the teacher would read, our teacher would read after lunchtime. Yeah. Read out loud. Yeah. And he could say, oh, read some more. Yeah. Read some more. I did it when I taught in public schools. They dream. loved it. You can mm -hmm. dream because you don't have to. Well, it's imagining. It's hearing the well, voices. Radio was like that, too. Yeah. Know, those radio programs. Yeah. My yeah. kids loved read aloud in our homeschool. They loved it. So, yeah. all right. Well, we should bring it on home, Richie. Yeah. Would you uh, briefly pray for our audience? Let me pray for you first, though. God, thank you so much that you are such a good father. Thank you for this earthly father of mine that's amazing. I honor him, Lord. I'm so grateful for him. I'm grateful for his life and the years lived. I'm thankful for these stories. Some of them I've heard many times. Some of them are fresh with me today. But I just praise you for being um, his God and drawing him to yourself. I thank you for Richard. I pray that you'd bless him and his body and his soul, his mind and his spirit. And I thank you for his life well lived. I pray, God, that you would smile upon him today and that he'd feel your favor. I'm just so grateful that he's my dad. Thanks for this special time. Just bless him big time, God. Big okay. time in Jesus' name. Amen. Good deal. Okay. Rachel's a real deal, too. Oh, praise God. Anyway. <laughs> Lord, we come to you and we, we ask that you do a favor, and the favor would be this. We know that there's some craziness in this random storytelling, but mm -hmm. we also know this, that you use all kinds of things. We have no idea the things that are like hooks for people to yep. hear that you. cause them to know or understand, like the guy that would squeeze the weight on that scale. Mm. And we, he was so strong and so tough, and then he'd be in front of that church, and I used to say, wow. Yep. So some of those stories have, have a meaning to them over and above and beyond what we might ask or think. Yep. That your Holy Spirit uses all kinds of things, people and places and things. And we'd ask that with this information goes out over the airwaves that somehow there'd be somebody that would touch in such a way they would, they would just be so impressed yep. that they would uh, dedicate themselves a brand new or to make sure they know who they are in God's eye. I and yep. that you do a work in her heart and bring them to you and we'll, we'll thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Yay, it's a wrap. Thank you. You've been listening to The Real Deal with me, Rachel Inouye, helping people celebrate their significance and the genius of God in them. Audio engineering by my husband, Michael Inouye. Thanks, babe. Theme music by Andrew Grace.